logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. Even for a drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G., Along with the man that makes it all happen behind the glass, Justin Stedman. Hey, nice intro. I like that. Hey, so what a weekend in golf. Justin? Yes, Holly? What did you think about Jason Day's big win? I was just as surprised as anyone, but I was very happy because that's a man who's been at it for a long time and a guy who, you know, you always ask, is he ever going to win the big one? Well, he won the big one. Seven times he was the 54-hole leader. He's been a bridesmaid many times. You think maybe he was losing a little confidence in himself. He even admitted that uh, perhaps if he didn't get this one done, but he did. Jason Day wins his first major, notches a scoring record at 20 under par, almost made it 21 with an eagle on the uh, final hole, as well as on... 17. I mean, he just, he birdied 16. What a show. And uh, even Jordan Spieth said, uh, you know, he just, he just couldn't catch him. And it was his day. Good day. Well, you're in a world of golf right now where, you know, you expect Spieth, you expect Fowler, you expect Rory, you expect a, a guy like that to win because we now have three or four guys who it seems like they're always in it. But then you have the Jason Days, you know, who are right there on the outside looking in. But they always seem to, you know, find a way to stay competitive and sometimes will find a way to win a tournament. So it's great. Well, and Jordan Spieth surpasses Rory McIlroy to become the number one in the world. Of course, uh, Jordan finishing second. Uh, just a record-setting season in the majors, one we won't soon forget. And I can't remember a, a time when uh, it, it was just so much fun to watch on Sunday, and there really were no losers. Uh, you know, Jordan, he, he continues to amaze me, just how he handles these moments, how he also handles his wins, and as gracefully handles his losses. Uh, that that thumbs up on 16 when he saw Jordan, I mean, uh, Jason almost rolled the putt in, I'm sorry, on 17, just shows what kind of class this guy has. And, you know, I noted in the press conference for the first few minutes, all he was talking about was Jason and how how well he played. Uh, and, you know, really uh, just hats off to um, what, what Jordan, what Jason, what Rory, um, Ricky Fowler, all of them taking us into this new era of golf. And, uh, we want to go to one of our favorite golf insiders right now to talk about how it all went down up there at Whistling Straits. The one, the only, from ESPN.com, Bob Herrig. Hey, Bob. 
Bob, you there? Holly. Hey. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Um, What 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 a day for golf on Sunday, Bob? It really, literally, a day for uh, for golf for for Jason's big victory for the PGA Championship. uh, Jordan Spieth uh, rising to number one. Uh, Like I said, no losers on Sunday. Yeah, you. um, I think you said it very well. It was just. um, It was. It was a kind of a. The way that went down sort of encapsulated encapsulated how the year has been in terms of, you know, these young stars stepping up, and that's what we've talked about. Remember, we've talked about this many times that the game sort of needs somebody to step up and 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 be a force, dominate. you know, be up there all the time. And, and that's kind of what Jordan has given us. And then you throw in a guy like Jason Day, who's, who's uh, you know, now he has 10 top 10s in majors. And, of course, Rory, who, you know, obviously, unfortunately, had the injury, but it came back nicely. And you kind of figure those three guys can carry it for a long time. You throw in Ricky Fowler, throw in Dustin Johnson, uh, you know, a few others, and it's uh, it's it's looking pretty good. Yeah, it sure is. Um, the emotion that just poured out of Jason on the 18th. I mean, thank God he hit it so close. I was afraid, he has, um, the guys were saying, covering it on CBS, we hope he could put it uh, through his tears. I mean, I think just the magnitude of what he had been through, coming so close uh, at the British getting through that gritty performance at the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, fighting the vertigo. I mean, if I think if people haven't come to love Jason Day, I, I don't know how they can. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to dislike him. I mean, he's just such a nice guy, and he has that really incredible backstory. And, um, and then here he is. He's been knocking on the door so often. Uh, and, you know, up until this year, I really hadn't had the, you know, the resume of victories um, that was, uh, uh, you know, that that we would have expected from him. Um, you know, he just had a couple of tour titles, and you know, now he's got three in one year, and and one's a major, and uh, had the close call at St Andrews, and you know, I think the way he bounced back from that at the Canadian Open had to have given him a ton of confidence, because, uh, and then you know, he just. The way he played on Sunday, uh, just he never really could let anybody get after him. He wasn't going to just try to hang, hang on and protect. He went after it, and you know, all, all credit to him. It was a pretty, pretty gutsy performance, and and one that uh, that I think is going to give him a lot, even a lot more confidence going forward. A lot of people may not realize this or remember. You know, he fought a, a series of injuries, including uh, one to his thumb that had caused him, you know, a lot of problems. And apparently, I think he went to a, a, a physio guy and, and really did some work at the end of last year to change his grip so that, you know, it would take the pressure off that thumb, um, you know, changed his diet. I mean, he really took on a whole new level with his golf game. No question. I mean, Injuries did hold him back. Uh, you know, last year he won the match play. Remember, he had that uh, extra holes match against Victor Dubasson. And then everybody thought, you know, here we go. And uh, and yet he just then kind of 
one thing after another, missed a bunch of tournaments, whether it was for that or he had some back issues and, you know, just never really got in a groove and wasn't able to build on that. And people started to wonder, well, here we go again. But, you know, injuries are, you know, as we've, found, as we've seen with, with some high-profile guys, you know, if you're, if you're hurting, it's going to be difficult to perform. You get into bad habits, you don't practice properly and all that. And uh, so it's good that he's bounced back from that. You know, he had a little bit of a lull earlier this year after he won. Uh, he, he won in San Diego at the Farmers. Didn't have a great Masters where a lot of people thought he should have been a big favorite. But then look at what he did these last three majors. You know, he was he was right there, and makes you wonder if he hadn't, uh, you know, if he hadn't had the vertigo crop up at the U.S. Open, if things might have been different there. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. How he even finished that rain, that round and was still in contention to me was just one of the grittiest performances I've seen. Uh, Speaking of nitty-gritty, Dustin Johnson getting what appeared to be a meltdown over early on the first hole on Sunday with his quad on the par four and then turning it around to uh, shoot, what, seven under and finish tied for seventh? Yeah, you know, I think you got to give him some credit for that. Um, That, uh, you know... To, to, to start out that way when you're sort of on the fringe of contention and now you know it's over, I mean, that's that's tough. And uh, let's be honest, I'm not sure that isn't what happened to him at St. Andrews. You know, uh, when he, he kind of got off to a poor start on the final day, when he was still in the fringe of contention, ended up shooting 75, he, he just makes you wonder if he kind of gave up. Uh, but he didn't give up on Sunday, and he still finished way back. I mean, you know, even if he'd have parred that whole uh, the way it worked out, if he, he, he would have been a few strokes back. But it was a nice rebound. I mean, you have to give him credit for that. Um, you know, I think he showed something, and I think it was important maybe to show that to himself. Uh, you know, sometimes things are going to go bad, and if you fight back, maybe good things will happen. In this case, you know, nobody was coming back. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I thought that was a good sign for Dustin Johnson. You know, it's been... It's been a bit of a tough summer leading. You know, he led the, the U.S. Open, the British Open, and now the PGA after round one and, and you know, had his issues at those other two majors. And, uh, you know, that's kind of tough to overcome sometimes. But I think he, he's going to walk away from there with some good vibes. What Were there any big surprises in terms of um, Adam Scott, for instance, missing the cut? Um, you know, any any big surprises for you at this at the PGA? That. That was one for sure. That would have been one I mentioned. Uh, you know, he's, I, I'm at the Wyndham, and he's playing here uh, because he, you know, is actually he's looked up and he realizes how little golf he's played. And, uh, you know, he wants to try to get on a roll to go into the playoffs. And, you know, that was a disappointing tournament. He didn't play very well at the Bridgestone. And obviously, you know, tied for the lead with five holes to go. At the at the British Open and the, to finish five back, uh, you know that was tough. Uh, I think uh, it's been a bit of a tough summer for Adam. He's he's got the thing with the with the with the uh, putting stroke or actually you know the anchored stroke hanging over him, and uh, at the end of the year and and uh, he needs to get some good vibes going here. I think so. That that's that was a surprise. That was a big surprise to me. Um, I think Bubba not doing much was a bit of a surprise 
You know, he had just had to come off a good Bridgestone, good Canadian Open for Bubba. And then at a course where he obviously played well five years ago, he was sort of out of it on day one. I, I was I was surprised by that. I thought he would do uh, I thought he would do better than that. We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Well, he was driving it big, 402 yards over. I think the what was it the 13th green on Sunday, Bob. I mean, you just sit back, uh, Jason hitting it on average 387, and as Jordan pointed out, putting on a stripe show. You know, to see this guy just be able to hit it so long and so straight, straight. don't you think uh, Tiger Woods wishes he had that kind of driver in his bag? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what Tiger used to do. I mean, uh, um, I don't think Tiger is that much shorter than he used to be. I just think these guys are hitting it farther. And it's incredible. That is a 7,500-yard course. And... Uh, you know, there were some par fives that guys were hitting wedges and nine irons to for uh, for their second shot. I mean, you know, it's just uh, incredible the combination of technology, the golf ball, and fitness. You know how these guys have been able to marry that all up and and uh, and really take advantage of it and and just get it out there. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible, and that you know that course proved to be one where where length. Length really helps. I mean, you know, Jason Day proved that. Jordan is not short. He's not as long as those guys, but but uh, he's he's got some distance too. And uh, you know, you saw some other guys up there who hit it far. It's uh, it, and boy, were when when they got it going there, the ball was just it was, <laughs> as you said. I mean, it was hard to believe some of the places those drives ended up. Well, and to shoot twenty under at Whistling Straits. I mean, like you said. This is a tough golf course. How many how many bunkers are on that course? A lot. <laughs> yeah, a thousand bunkers and seventy five hundred yards and uh but you know, I mean there was there's been some angst over that. People wonder should should a major championship be that low? Well let's you know, it's the first time anybody's gotten that low. You know, and the only other time was Tiger at St Andrews nineteen under in two thousand. You know, I mean, sometimes it's a perfect storm of events to have it happen that way. The the conditions, uh, you know, on, on early in the week it rained, it rained very hard. They had a lot of soft conditions there in the early rounds. And then on Friday again, like Friday night, it was quite the storm. And the golf course was soft, and, and I don't think they set it up very hard on Saturday. You know, Saturday was, was a incredible scoring day there was a lot of birdies I mean a lot of back and forth I mean I know sometimes people prefer to be tougher and and for these guys to grind it out but that was exciting I thought you know a lot of birdies and there's nothing wrong with that once in a while I think uh you know uh, not every major should be you know just brutality and and so I I thought it was good the way it worked out but uh you know whistling straights isn't a 20 under par golf course it just so happened it to go down that way this time. Definitely. And so we're at the uh, the Wyndham Championship, the last chance for some of the guys on the bubble to make it into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, who are you keeping your eye on? Of course, Tiger playing for the first time uh, ever and trying to see if there's some chance um, he can finish strong and, and get into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think Tiger has a whole lot to lose here. Um, you know, he, when it, 
it, it, it almost would be different if he needed to finish in the top 20 or the top 15, where, you know, that's imminently doable, and yet he's not done that much this year. So, but you know, to win, it's, it's almost such a long shot. I mean, even in his heyday, just to say that you have to show up at any tournament and win, that's a lot to ask. And so that's why I don't think he has a lot to lose. I mean, if he misses the cut, well, you know, he was going to have a long time off anyway uh, to, to sort of regroup and try to figure things out, get some rest, get healthy, work on his game going into the new season, which he's going to begin at thefries.com in October. Um, but if he plays well and, and, and can get some momentum and feels good about himself, uh, I think that bodes well. And, you know, judging by the crowds here, they're excited about him playing. Um, I think it's doing him some goodwill as well. Absolutely. Well, uh, who do you have your eye on, Bob? And uh, in terms of your uh, your 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 fantasy uh, winnings, how are you doing? Yeah. Well, I picked Brooks Kepka um, this week, uh, but you know, I, there's a lot of guys that I think it's interesting. You know, there's a bunch of guys out of the top 125 or hovering right around it who are named players, like, you know, Luke Donald's 124, Charles Schwartz at 125. How about Ernie Els uh, at 170? Yeah, Ernie Ernie isn't much better than Tiger. That's a shocker. You know? And uh, Martin Keimer's in the 140s. You know, I mean, I didn't realize that Martin Keimer wasn't having that strong of a year. So to, but to be outside the 125 right now is, is a bit of a stunner to me. Uh, so, uh, and then you've got a couple guys who are outside of it who didn't even, who didn't even show Graham McDowell is not playing. So he'll miss the FedEx cup playoffs. Uh, same with Jeff Ogilvy. So, you know, those guys are exempt on tour next year. So it's not that big of a deal there, but you know, they decided to take a pass and, and try to regroup. So, but you know, the, the field is pretty good. Um, there's, there's a lot of named guys in it, guys trying to move up and, and either solidify the position higher up in the points or, or try to make it in uh, just to have a shot at the Barclays next week. Well, it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch what happens as uh, some of these guys try to make their way into the playoffs. And then we've got four great weeks coming in September. Uh, lots more golf to talk about. As always, we appreciate your time. Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 740 The Game. Stay with us. We have a very special guest coming up next, Ben Everill from the Australian Associated Press, who's going to give us some special insights into Jason Day. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. Don't forget, still on sale. We have some left. The Golf Insiders 2015 VIP golf card plays some of Central Florida's top-rated courses. Go online, thegolfinsiders.com, click on the banner, and get all the info. For just 99 bucks. you can play some of the best courses in town for the next three months. So go check it out, or uh, maybe give it to a friend, or um, hey, buy, buy a few for your favorite foursome. The Golf Insiders 2015 VIP Golf Card. And our next guest, someone uh, I happened to meet a couple of summers ago at the PGA Championship up in Rochester, New York. And um, I started to learn a lot about 
the Australian golf tour, the Australian golf program, and following very closely a guy by the name of Jason Day. And, um, you know, he proved that winning majors is hard. And a guy who knows quite a bit about his journey, it's a pleasure to have him on the show, journalist for Reuters News and the Australian Associated Press based in Los Angeles, covers the PGA Tour. Ben Everill, welcome to the Golf Insiders. Thanks for having me, Holly. Pleasure to be on. Wonderful, wonderful to have you on. Um, I don't know. I, I People have to be under a rock if they haven't heard about Jason's story, certainly the hardship he had growing up. But to see the emotion and just read some of the candid things that he's shared since winning of the tournament, the PGA Championship, his first major. I, you know, I think this is going to be one of the most popular guys on tour moving forward. Yeah, look, it's no secret that he's come from a hard background. Like you said, this was a, a young kid who lost his father at just 12 and was, you know, heading down the wrong path. He was drinking alcohol at 12 years old. He was getting in fights. We're talking about glass bottles and things of that nature and really sort of getting himself into all sorts of spots and not for his mother, uh, basically putting up a second mortgage and sending him to boarding school where he could pop his golf. You know, he wouldn't be a major champion. Yeah, no, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting um, to, you know, see what he went through, um, particularly the sacrifice made by his mother. And then to some extent, you know, come along in the shadow of Adam Scott, uh, how did that play into the picture? Yeah, look, uh, Jason basically found a book early in his life about Tiger Woods and his his uh, drive and determination and getting things done at an early age. And, you know, he, he dreamt right then and there that he was going to be, you know, Australia's next big golfing phenomenon and he was going to get the first green jacket for Australia. As we know, that wasn't, hadn't happened for at, at all until Adam Scott did that a few years ago. And if you remember, Jason was in position to actually win that tournament. He was just with a two-shot lead standing on the 16th uh, tee box and wasn't able to close the deal then. Part of a litany of uh, close calls before he got it done this past weekend. So, you know, he wanted to be the man. He didn't get there as quick as he hoped, but he's there now, and I think you can see him go from strength to strength. And, and I think we've got a future number one on our hands here, and I think we've got a four- or five-time major winner at least uh, in the next sort of 10 years. Yeah, we often say when somebody breaks through is, a, you know, this going to be the the floodgates opening up, but given what how close he's come so many times, and it was interesting because the way things finished at the Open at St Andrews, you know, again that could have been a, a, a another tournament that just really rattled, you know, rattled his nerves, rattled his mental psyche, and I thought it was interesting. Um, he he was quoted saying something clicked inside of me at the Open Championship. I could not put my finger on what happened and why it clicked, but it just happened. And even though there could be stuff flying around me out there on the golf course, the ability to keep my cool and keep calm has happened since then. I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I spend a lot of time with Jason, have done over the last five years especially, and it wasn't just something that he was saying. It was real. I was there at St. Andrews. I could tell that he was a different individual. Uh, he wasn't as nervy and jumpy as he had been at previous majors. He just seemed like he was going to get it done. And, uh, you know, that was that was a bit of a surprise to me because Lynx Golf hadn't been his strong set up at that point. 
but he really did give it a good shake there. He just couldn't find a one more birdie over those last 12 holes and, of course, left that last putt short. Uh, but the way he bounced back from that, the way he realised, OK, I did do everything the way I should have done it. I did play well and, and did feel different was what enabled him to go to Canada the week after, finish that tournament off with three birdies to win that tournament in spectacular fashion. And, of course, what enabled him to sit there through the last eight, nine, ten holes at the PGA Championship and, and not only get it done, but get it done in record fashion. And get it done against Jordan Spieth, the new number one. I mean, that was, you know... Yeah. Very, very gratifying. Yeah, very significant because obviously all the talk had been Jordan most of the year and then with Rory coming back, it was Jordan and Rory and Jason has long wanted to be part of that conversation. He's long seen himself as a potential number one. It's been his, his goal for since he was, as I said, a young boy and he knows to do that. He had to start closing these things out. He's got over that hump now and as I, as I said, I think we're going to see a real big three, if you will. We could be talking about those three guys you know, in 30, 40 years as, as a great little rivalry for a 10, 15-year period, you know, Spieth, McElroy, and, and Jason Day. I couldn't agree more. I think it's such an exciting time for golf. Uh, you know, you would have thought the, the vertigo at Chambers Bay and that amazing uh, demonstration and, and the fact that he was able to finish and, and still contend on Sunday at the U.S. Open uh, would have, uh, you know, Given him some extra mojo. Tell, tell how how is he doing in terms of all that? Has you know is 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 he past that? What's his status health wise? Uh, basically, he takes medication for it now to stop any sort of episodes. He's not completely out of the woods. He'll have that with him probably for the rest of his life. He'll get more tests sort of in October this year once the the, the medicine uh, has you know been in the system long enough to see if there's been any difference with the inner ear. Uh, damage that he had, uh, which they finally found sort of outside after that U.S. Open. Um, but it's manageable. That's the good thing. It's not something that should should be a massive issue. And we've already seen, like you said, that Saturday at the U.S. Open where he was struggling with it. He managed to get not only through that round but get into the lead at a major championship. So the guy's got guts and determination, you know, up the wazoo. And I don't think that it'll be a massive problem for him in the future. He can manage it and he'll get through it. But you know, after that event, too, I remember sitting with him in his little RV that he travels around with, and, and I was there telling him, don't worry, mate, you know, you've, you've got excuses this week. You, you weren't at your best uh, health-wise and, and whatnot. And he just stone cold looked at me and said, you know, there's no excuses. I've got to get one of these done soon, and it's going to happen soon. And sure enough, a few months later, here he is. We're talking to Ben Everill from the Australian Associated Press. Um, you know, it seems also that we just have a bunch of really good guys leading the tour forward. We've talked about, you know, Jordan Spieth and, of course, uh, you know, his, his sister with special needs and, you know, how it just seems to ground him in a certain way. And certainly uh, Jason has a unique perspective on life given what he's been through than probably the average professional golfer. Uh, it was interesting. I, I read a little story. I don't know if you can share about this, about um, something to do with one of the, the, re- the journalists out on tour who um, – uh, you know, was was you know uh, uh, not <laughs> having a little issue in terms of his own financial situation. Didn't have enough shirts to wear while he was out covering the tour. And are are you familiar with this story? Uh, I have heard a little whisper about it yesterday on Twitter and amongst other things. People have been letting me in on this little little nugget. But uh, basically, you know, at the end of the day, Jason is 
a wonderful human being. He's a he's a he was a young father. He has a three year old dash. You saw the son running across the green uh, the other day, and he's got number two on the way. And as I said, he lost his father at a young age, and he he grew up in a real poor hard scrabble area where you know things were tough. And not only that, you know they had to use hot water kettles, if you will. They had to boil water on the stove for him to have hot baths and showers sometimes because they didn't have a hot water heater. So he's come from a background where he knows. If things can be tough and you can help someone out, then it's not a hard thing to do. And, yeah, the story goes that, you know, he saw someone wearing the same shirts week in, week out and decided to fart off a few of the ones he didn't need to use anymore since he'd got new sponsors. And it doesn't surprise me at all because, as I said, he's a giving individual. He has a great foundation now, the Brighter Days Foundation with his wife, Ellie, and they do wonderful things and they will in the future. And, you know, like you said, Jordan Spieth, the great guy, Rory, these are all great guys that are giving back to not only their communities but... The community at large and, and golf's in a really good spot. And so uh, are the Australians as they are seem to be uh, moving up on the PGA Tour. Another great story, Mark Leishman, who we got to see uh, actually make the playoffs at the British Open and quite a story there with his, his wife being quite ill and nearly uh, wins the Open Championship. Yeah, look, a, a sensational story that indeed. Of course, uh, it was during the Masters or the lead-up to the Masters that his wife, Audrey, uh, went down with toxic shock syndrome and was in an induced coma and was given less than 5% chance to live. Now, Mark and Audrey have two two long, young boys that are sort of three and under, and, and, you know, Mark obviously went to her side and was expecting the worst, and had that gone down, he wouldn't have been playing golf anymore. He would have been a single dad looking after his two young boys, but thankfully, a miracle uh, prevailed, and she got out of the woods there, and she's doing much better now, and just a few months later, there he was at, at St Andrews, like you said, just contending like a, a champion, shooting 64-66 on the weekend at a major to get into that playoff. And then just got a little unlucky in that playoff. His first shot uh, in that playoff ended up in a divot and goes long on that one, ends up with a with a bogey and was behind the eight ball from there. But you'll see more out of Mark Leishman. He's a top 30 in the world player now. He's got all the game and a good perspective on his game now too with what happened to his wife and... Yeah, it's good times for Australian golf. Adam Scott uh, will get back to his best soon, I'm sure, and and you know, and then we'll have those three plus guys like Stephen uh, Bowditch, who's won again this year, uh, and up and comers like Cameron Smith, who was fourth at the U.S. Open and had another decent showing at the PGA, and Matt Jones, who was right alongside uh, there at uh, the PGA, and um, Danny Lee, of course, uh, from New Zealand, but having some great success as well. So. A uh, lot, yeah. uh, lot, lot going on in Australia golf, that's for sure. That's for sure, yeah. Obviously, sad of me to, to miss out on Matt Jones as the 36-hole leader in that event and, and looked really good. Just got a little tired in the end uh, and couldn't hold on. But, again, another guy that wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he won again on tour sometime soon. Well, congratulations on the big win. Um, you know, Jason Day, first major, first of many, I think, and – Ben, we appreciate you spending a few times with us today in the show. Ben Everell. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got more PGA wrap-up coming up. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the 
There was a by four in the house, Holly G. And along with all the major news going on with the PGA Championship, there was some big news happening in women's golf, especially on the LPGA Tour. Brooke Henderson, 17 years old, wins at the LPGA Tour Portland Classic. She smoked the field by eight shots, finishing at 21 under, 17 years old. And um, it was announced today that she will receive her exempt status on the LPGA Tour. Um, the, uh, the ruling typically for the LPGA is that the LPGA member has to be 18 years of age. But after reviewing Brooke Henderson's petition, they have granted her LPJ Tour membership immediately. And so she will be competing in her home of Canada at the Canadian Pacific Women's Open this week and weekend. And uh, this paycheck will be for real and going in the old bank account. So congratulations to Brooke. And also the U.S. Women's Amateur completed. Hannah O'Sullivan of Chandler, Arizona, 17, won the 2015 U.S. Women's Am at Portland Golf Club as well. They were in the Portland area, earning a 3-2 and two over our very own Sierra Brooks of Sorrento, Florida, right in my backyard next to uh, Mount Dora. So congratulations. And we will go straight to our next golf insider, one of our favorites, Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post, to give us his thoughts on Brooke Henderson, a new rising star at the LPGA Tour. Hey, Steve. Holly, how are you? Boy, I have to tell you, it's, uh, you know, women's golf is in a great place right now, and, and uh, you just have to wonder uh, how many rabbit's foots Mike Wine carries around in his pocket because the, the good fortune just continues to shine down on them. I mean, you have the 17-year-old Brooke Henderson comes out and, and just not only wins, she wins in record-setting fashion. So now Mike, who has already turned down Brooke's petition once, uh, sticks to his guns and does what he's always done. You have to prove yourself by winning. Uh, Lydia Ko won, Lexi Thompson won, and now Brooke Henderson has won. And that seems to be the criteria to gain membership early for him to waive the age restriction. He did so immediately, as he's done in those other cases. And what do you know? She gets to tee off this week as an LPGA member in her home country of Canada. It couldn't be better timing. And, uh, you know, they, all we need is for that young lady to win two or three more times, and uh, women's golf is going to become the most popular thing on television. Yeah, I think I saw she's already uh, ranked 17th in the Rolex rankings. Yeah, how about that? Playing a very limited schedule on nothing but sponsors, exemptions, and Monday qualifying. She Monday qualified for the event that she just set the record at. She goes out and she's 68. She would not have played had her sister not been given a sponsor's exemption. So her sister's given a sponsor's exemption. They're going to be in Portland anyway. So she says, oh, what the heck, I'll try to Monday qualify. Well, good thing. Uh, she goes out and wins in, in, her, in, in incredible fashion. Well, we were talking earlier in a segment about how we're starting to see, especially on the PGA Tour, you know, these kids, quote, unquote, who have grown up in the era of technology, not only from things like launch monitors, but, uh, you know, bigger heads, softer shafts, uh, the harder golf ball, you know, all of it. And you see the same here on the women's tour coming out and shooting these double digits. They're just, you know, breaking scoring records left and right. Yeah, and the, the, the level of the, the really good athlete, 
um, you, you know, it, it, it's one thing for uh, the technology to be in place, but this is the first time in a long time uh, that we've had some of the best athletes in any sports playing our sport. Um, you know, when you look on the PGA Tour, there are some guys out there who would uh, who'd make some pretty good linebackers, uh, certainly a couple of them that could play defensive back. Um, so th- this is you know, guys who would normally have gravitated to other sports, baseball, uh, football, basketball. Uh, now at an early age, you're taking up golf and sticking with it, and as a result of that, uh, you're seeing the game change dramatically. Well, I know you're out at the U.S. Amateur uh, at Olympia Fields in Chicago. So uh, they've just finished the stroke play to pick the, the final low 64 scores that will start match play. Is that today? Yeah, match play. Actually, match play started today. What ended up happening is we had a little bit of a weather delay. I know it's going to shock everyone that there were thunderstorms that rolled through Chicago. Uh, so they, they had to uh, delay Stroke play did not complete until early this morning. We had a, a playoff where we had 18 players competing for the final 10 spots. Uh, including in that was Bo Hostler and John Rahm, uh, players that everyone recognizes, Bo, who had such a tremendous U.S. Open at Olympic Club. And then uh, John Rahm, who finished uh, tied for fifth this year in, uh, at the Phoenix Open. So, you know, you've got, uh, you, you had some really good players who were, who were struggling to make match play. Uh, but then match play kicked off, and we had some incredibly good matches out here. It was uh, it was a fun afternoon to be out watching golf. Sure was, and we've seen how well some of the U.S. amateurs recently have played, and and are rising stars on the PGA Tour, including Danny Lee, who won in 2008 at the age of 17, uh, the the youngest champion since uh, Tiger Woods when you know he he won at 18 in 1994. So. Uh, fun to watch the USAM because we know these guys are going to be popping up on the PGA Tour uh, leaders board very soon in the future, and and a lot riding for them. You know, the uh, when you win, it gets you an exemption for uh, the next ten US amateurs. Uh, you also um, get uh, qualify right for the next British Open Championship and an invitation to the Masters. So there's a lot riding on a US amateur win. Yeah, there really is. I mean, obviously, you're playing in, in three of the four major championships next year if you uh, if you win this championship. But uh, you know, what we were just talking about with with distance and technology and the athletes, this is where you see it. I mean, if you love bombers, come out to the U.S. Amateur because nobody's taught these guys how to throttle back yet. I mean, they are real. They really go after. It. They have one speed and it's wide open. I mean, I watched a match today between Maverick McNeely. Um, and Austin Connolly and Maverick McNeely was hitting at 360, 370, you know, pretty regularly. Um, and I asked him a little bit later on, he went to the three wood on the back nine. I said, how far do you fly the three wood? He said, comfortably 285. So it's, uh, it, you know, it was, it's astonishing, uh, the level of, of speed and athleticism that's in the amateur game today. It sure is, Steve Eubanks. It's a different game, but, uh, golf is good right now. Uh, everywhere you look. So we appreciate the call-in from the Windy City. Steve Eubanks, check him out, Global Golf Post. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, Holly. See you soon. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Auto accident, visit forthepeople.com. Morgan & Morgan, for the people. Got him. We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. 
in the house. Holly G, we're wrapping up the PGA Championship and a couple quick announcements. Still on sale. The Golf Insiders 2015 VIP golf card. Play some of the best courses in Orlando for just $99. $99 get you on some of the best courses in town from Champions Gate Country Club, the LPGA International, Black Bear, out in beautiful Mount Dora, my neck of the woods, the International Golf Club right in downtown Orlando, uh, Ventura Golf Club, Windermere Country Club, Zellwood Station. Got a host of them all here that you can go check out for just 99 bucks, And that entitles you to one 18-hole round with cart. So get them before they're gone. The Golf Insiders 2015 VIP Golf Cart. And we're going to give away a um, special one-night stay at the Cinnamon Inn Bed and Breakfast out in beautiful Mount Dora. Right now to our favorite loyal listener, Third Caller. 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255. Call in right now for the Cinnamon in One Night Stay. All right, next we got our favorite man now residing in Hilton Head, Jeff Shane on the line. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> how are you? Oh, we've had a wild show tonight. You know how live radio goes and... Um, it has it has been wild and and furious of with with everybody calling in to wrap up the PGA Championship and just want to get your thoughts on uh, Jason Day's big win. Well, the thing that was most uh, impressive with Jason was uh, how uh, he never let anybody uh, breathe down his neck on Sunday. Started the day with a two shot lead. Moved it to three shots uh, after his second hole where, where he birdied and, and Jordan Spieth couldn't match the birdie. And nobody got closer than two shots the rest of the day. He never left the door open wide enough for anybody to take a real step, uh, real step through. And we, we've kind of known that Jason Day was on the verge of doing something good, uh, and it came from straights. Yeah, it was interesting because I, I just thought some of his – his comments were just so revealing, so candid, um, so emotional. He, you know, revealed that, you know, he, he wasn't sure if he didn't close the door on this one, if he would have bounced back, that he really started to have some serious doubts, perhaps, or would have had some serious doubts moving forward. Well, uh, and I, we've talked many times about how if you get disappointed often enough, the, the scar tissue get, starts to build up. And uh, Jason Day had had a half dozen top four finishes in majors going into whistling straights, including three runner-up finishes, took the share of the 54-hole lead into the final day at Chambers Bay, took a share of the 54-hole lead into the final day at St. Andrews, uh, wound up missing out on both of those. And, and this time he had the lead by himself. So I think in the back of his mind, as much as you don't want to admit you're saying this to yourself and you're trying to push the thoughts out, I think there was a real thought behind him. You better not blow this. This is your best chance yet. And it just shows, as we talk over and over again, how tough it is to win let alone win a major. He said it would have been very tough for me to kind of come back from a major championship such as this 
if I didn't finish it off. It would have been tough for me mentally to really kind of come back from that, even though I feel like I'm a positive person. I think that kind of in the back of my mind, something would have triggered and I would have gone, maybe I can't really finish it off. Well, no doubts anymore, Jason Day. Not at all, and uh, he had he had to, to to break records to do it. First guy to twenty under in a major championship uh, to to uh, be able to do it with a little bit of breathing room. So that was uh, that was pretty impressive, and that's kind of one of the things that that has struck me when you start thinking about the majors as a whole. Uh, these guys that are winning uh, are really are really going low, and the guys that are finishing second and third and fourth. Uh, they're putting on performances that in other years would have won major championships. But uh, I think the bar has been raised as a whole this year. Yeah, it sure has. And it's, it's, it's about, you know, how, how many 68s can you put in a row? As I look at these scores, it really was some incredible finishing rounds. 67, 66, 67 by Jason Day. 67, 65, 68 by Jordan Spieth, the final, you know, three rounds. I mean, these guys are beyond good. Uh, Jeff Shane, and it has been an incredible year, and we're just about ready to uh, hop into the FedEx playoffs, so it's going to be even more exciting. Before we let you go, how you liking Hilton Head, my friend? It's good. It's good. Uh, obviously, i got a bunch of boxes I have to unpack, but I am in absolutely uh, I, I'm enjoying a uh, little different change of pace, and, uh, uh, and the weather the, the last few days has been gorgeous up here. Well, uh, who do you think uh, we should be keeping our eye on in terms of the FedEx playoffs? And I'll ask you early with just 20 seconds to go, who are you picking to come out on top? <laughs> the, no I pressure. Think time for first-time winners or, or younger players. Uh, I like Brooks Kepka. I think he started to come on. Look.